What's up, everybody? Episode 36. We're coming at you guys right after a Monza GP with a disappointing finish, but uh, this is not going to be a disappointing episode. So, yeah, we're here, me and Tyler, and we're going to break down the race and our thoughts. And I think I nailed the prediction. I nailed the prediction. Yeah, I was the king of the castle, king of the castle. King yeah, of the castle, no. king of the... Chris went three for three with his predictions, man. I, he saw it. He's got a fortune teller's eye. He knows what's happening. The whole Formula One season is scripted. He knows what's going on. But Headshot. yeah, what a bang! What, what a I mean, bro, Monza's the temple of speed. What a disappointing way to end Monza. We just we just got to get that out of the way. What the a temple of slow finishes. I think fucking uh, uh, F one Fantasy Hub. Rob, he goes the temple of greed. Temple of greed. <laughs> this isn't. I didn't know that this was. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess I get they're taking a whole safety first approach, but come on, man. Like I, I trust action. me, I get it. I mean, Danny Rick, I'm I'm not blaming the end of the race on you because I mean the McLaren, the the engine failed on you, dog. You didn't fail on them. So I, I'm not blaming you at all for that. But dude, a safety car that we see on lap 48 of 53, and of course it's on the most inconvenient spot of the track. And oh, it, yeah. it's just like, bro, it's just weak as hell ending Monza under a safety car. I will say on one note, it wasn't Latifi that caused it. So. It wasn't Goat Tifi. It wasn't and Goat Tifi. Can we get a, a WWMMD? What would Michael Massey do here, you know? Like, I Dude, thought we were going motor racing. He would have pulled some wild card to where we were going to see that that Monza GP go 54 laps. I'm willing to bet. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is, like, isn't it kind of weird? WWMMD, it's kind of close to, you know, what would Michael Massey do? It's pretty close to WMD. Yeah, what weapons mass of mass destruction. destruction. <laughs> yeah. That dude would mass destruct the whole the whole organization, you know. But bro, hey. like it, 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 it's just with, with this GP that happened today. I mean, of course, it, it had his very predictable moments. It had some unpredictable moments. You know, Latifi's in a and a world of trouble now after this weekend. He's down bad. He is down astronomically bad. But man, let, let's go ahead and start off right at the beginning, and let's just let's just read off the grid real quick. So we had a bunch of we had a bunch of PU penalties, you know, this weekend. Everybody had questions. I mean, they had F one literally had to release a Twitter video on how the penalties how broke it works. down. <laughs> like, dude, but we got hey, that was a good video, dude. It was good. It was very insightful. It made it made total yeah. sense. But we got Leclerc starting pole. We have Russell starting second, which I thought Russell was going to have the advantage being the first right-hander turn that chicane. But we have the McLarens locking out the second row at third and fourth. We have Gasly at fifth, which I believe his highest starting point was fourth or fifth. Uh, Alonso at sixth, Verstappen at second, DeFries at eight. We'll get into that in a bit. Uh, Joe at nine, Latifi at tenth crazy vettel vettel 11th Stroll at 12th <laughs> perez at 13th hey, this is where the grid penalties i want to yeah. take a pause here the only you know it, it takes a lot of grid penalties to get latifi in 10th so it, dude it they're moving mountains getting him up there dude <laughs> keep going keep going so we got perez at 13th we have ocon at 14th botas at 15th 16th magnuson 17th schumacher 18th signs 19th hamilton which shout out hamilton to finishing Within the top five coming from 19th. And then we and have Sonoda at 20th. We need to shout out signs too. He finished fourth and he started 18th. 
Yeah, no, bo- both of those guys, respectfully, with their spots at the back of the grid, came up and finished within the top five. And oh, man. That, that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, okay. We'll get into it later, actually. But, dude, what's... Now, let's just talk about it right now. What's well, going on with Perez, man? I I don't know. Today was a little... It, it just seemed... Well, you know what? Actually, I, I, I was going to roast him a little bit. But actually, I think I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't know if I can say this with confidence, but I I think regardless of whatever the situation is, Max and Perez are just on two very different strategies. It either works out. No, no, no. I, what, I hear you, but he's he started in, uh, what, what's it say here, 15th place, and he, and. Lewis and Carlos started way behind him, and they. I mean, yeah, that that's just yeah. It's got to be just unfortunate pacing or unfortunate grid placement, or you got stuck behind someone, or what was it? Maybe did he get stuck behind the uh, Vettel DNF? I mean, maybe, maybe because Vettel DNFing was pretty was pretty early on. Uh, Alonso DNFing was pretty early on, and then I know at the very end, Stroll also DNF, but they all they they managed to come back in. But no, I mean. I mean, you're right. Oh. It was just very. It I didn't was even just see DNF. Yeah, but he he made it all the way into the pits with like some okay. brake cooling issue or it, it was something. So he he didn't really get he didn't DNF on the side of the track. So it's like it it, it I don't know, man. It, it is weird. You can't really put a finger on like what exactly happened with Perez's race because with with the final standing and and like you said, I mean. Carlos coming from P18 and Lewis coming from P19 and finishing within the top five, there should be no excuse why the rocket ship of the car you're driving isn't also finishing in the top five. So like, and you were only 10 places down. So like, yeah, yeah. I I hate to say it. I think that uh, Checo's hitting that. He has a really great start to the season and now he's in the slump where he's just not doing that. I mean, like he's not doing bad, obviously like P7, pretty respectable or not p7 p6 my bad pretty respectable especially like now that mercedes is in the fight with I mean, another, yeah he came up podium, nine grid but, places it's not it's not horrible but but you like know, i it's expect not red more bull out standard red bull. yeah i expect way more out of the red bull and more out of him to be to be honest with you like the way he started the season he put a he put a lot of expectations i feel like on himself like because he was really he was out there man he got some he got a race win like he got a race win he, you know he he secured his comfortability with the team by signing another two-year deal with the team so like that's good but no you're right he has an insanely good start he has this long mid-season lull and then i'm willing to bet after Singapore, when we have five races left, he's going to pick it up. It, the Mexican GP is going to happen. The Brazilian GP is going to happen. It like it, he He's going to pick it up. But you're right. He always has this issue of starting insanely good, looking like a, a perfect one-two for Max, and then does just enough to get by for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, speaking of just doing enough to get by, there's someone on the grid not doing quite enough to get by, and that is Latifi. Oh man, dude! I the last two days have had to been a night like a like a fever dream nightmare for him, dude. Like for Alex Albon getting appendicitis and getting Nick DeFries called up instantly with no FP1, no FP2, no FP3, jumps right into quality. And gets that thing into Q2 and leaves Latifi in Q1. That is 
not a good look, brother. Yeah, that's that's definitely tough, man. Like, <laughs> oh, dude, and and you said it here. I mean, uh, we got Nick Nick DeVries finished in the points, so uh, Latifi is now driver number twenty one off of the twenty driver grid. And that, I mean, ha- at what point do you have to ask yourself, at Williams, how badly do you need the sponsorship money? <laughs> how, ba- how badly do you need? Can can you? Can you take the hit on sponsorship money to move up further in the grid and placings to get the sponsorship money back with a com- Porsche, with a competent oh, uh, Porsche Porsche? I, I heard you had a I heard you had a falling out with Red Bull. You want to uh, you know Porsche? We'll do anything you want. I mean, hell, come lead our team. Do whatever you want. <laughs> like, dude, it's, dude, we'll take your engines, dude. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, at what point? I mean, we saw it. We saw it with a. Uh, I know it was a force out le- last year, but when Mazepin left, dude, it's it's almost like night and day. Yeah, they they lost all the well. I'm not going to say lost all the money because Haas definitely finessed the hell out of the Mazepin yeah. family. You get the bag and fumble it. We get the bag and flip it and tumble it. Oh, yeah. Chris, it is Sunday morning, bro. You can't be dropping that game on on me this early. Hey, Migos, <laughs> Migos said it, and and Gunther lived it. Dude, he did. He was moving. He was moving like a real G right there. But that just proves they they get out of that situation, which it sounded like even if they were going to get the money or not, they wanted out anyway. And they traded it in with, oh wow, we have a competent lineup. Oh wow, we're actually placing really good. We're not dead last. We're P seven, or we're P six. Like <laughs> the Williams car, it is pretty bad but it's not that bad it excels in its in its area so they they actually like were able to do something really special with their car which was make it the fastest one on the grid and you can see with albin like he's able to get points and now nick devries gets in there a good driver and he gets points so i think this definitely proves that uh i know a lot of people want to say the car does most of the work but like the drivers make a big impact too yeah, I mean, I mean, we saw it, and don't get me wrong. I I know, I know Nick DeFries had the opportunity of coming. It, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, on paper, bro, this was the perfect debut of a weekend for him to do it because you had, grid spot. you had, yeah, you had half the grid freaking starting from the back by default. You had a really decent, good qualifying for what that Williams was. Anyway, you get to start. This above, is a perfect track for Williams. It, it is. It is. It literally is. The Temple of Speed, it, it's you're going straight. Williams, go fast. That's all he had to do. And he did it. So, And he rightfully got driver of the day today. Like, it, it, it's it's just one of those things. But, I mean, let's just rip it off the start. Can we talk about Lando? I, I know you you weren't able to catch the start, like, right at lights out. But I caught lights yeah. out. And so, Lando looked like he went into immediately anti-stall right off rip. And he lost, like, three places right off rip, bro. That is unfortunate. It's almost as unfortunate as my alarm that I double-checked last night before I went to sleep. Not going <laughs> off this morning. But my F1 spidey senses were tingling because I woke up at 6.20, 20 minutes after the race started. And I was like, huh, what's going on? What time is it? Look, I'm like, ah, shit, damn it. Get out there, get the race on, slap 17. And I'm like, oh, Max is in first. Okay. what is Yeah, all is right in the world. Max is in first. Please (laughs) please, uh, break down the start for me. I missed it. Yeah, man. So like like we said, we had Max on pole. Well, no, actually take it back. We had Leclerc on pole. We had George Russell in second, which... 
Yeah, I mean, you heard me. I was like, oh, George in second. We're going into that chicane. He gets the inside right-hander. He gets the outside left-hander. But if he finds himself more inside on the right, he can probably win it out. Well, not the case. So they go in. Leclerc and George have pretty decent starts. They go in. They're 1-2. Lando and Danny and Danny Rick were starting at 3-4. So right off rip, Danny Rick got a great start, which found himself in P3 for like the first – I think lap or two, I think the, in the middle of the second lap, that's when Danny Rick got overtaken by Max, but yeah, so lights out, it happens. Max of course has a great start from the middle of the grid. Um, Lando, what seemed to be from third place, because they, they did the onboard and you can see on the screen right when he clutches out and does the start, his entire GPU on his wheel just flashes anti-stall. And then he finally picks it up. It takes like a quick split second. And then he finally picks up and it catches and he goes. But by that time, I mean, four people have passed him. Mind you, he managed to get two of those places back in in the next lap or two. But Mm -hmm. it it was not a good start from him. But we did see Danny Rick hold P3 until Max, you know, of course, in his rocket ship because of Lando's bad start within the first freaking sector of the thing max went from p7 to p4 and then passed danny rick on like lap two or three for p3 (laughs) like the dudes of free like i don't i i don't know how you can count him out even if he's starting from p20 bro all right listen to this um i i I saw max's last five races his starts right here so he starts uh in in france he was p2 finished p1 and then um and then the next race, uh, what was, what came after the French Grand Prix? I'm trying to think right now. I believe it was the um, British Grand Prix. No, I British Grand Prix was before the French one. No, 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 no. Let's see. Uh, it, which whichever race it was, he starts P10, finishes P1, and then uh, Belgium P14 finishes P1, and then uh, his home race P1 P1. No, no big deal there. And then this one, P7 to P1. So out of the last five, he started at best P, P7. Or, well, three of the last five, he started from P7 and below and finished in P1. So, like, yeah. what the and, heck, dude? Like, you literally, like, that's what I'm trying to say. And, like, you're reiterating. It's just, and and we see it, with, we saw it from Lewis last year. You, it's the sa- It's the same type of shit that we saw last year. You know, even today, Carlos and and Lewis starting at P18 and P19, and they're both in the top five. Max Verstappen starting from P7 today and finds himself in P freaking three by lap three. So it's like it's it's they're truly the, the machinery those guys are driving right now are leagues above the rest of the grid. And especially, I mean, when Verstappen went and passed Danny Rick on the main straight going into turn one, I mean, we, it's just straight line speed, man. Like the, we, it was so easy. He, he got past him effortlessly. Yeah, sure. Danny Rick tried to outbreak him, which he'll always do. But by the time they got into the turn, he was already a full car length and a half ahead of him. So So it, I watched a video that kind of was breaking down uh, Danny Rick versus Lando. Like, where's the pace differences? And like you said, Danny Rick is definitely always late on the brakes, but I think it might be detrimental to him by how late he is on the brakes. Because you think these cars don't is, cater to it? 
Well, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying Lando is giving up some of that braking distance, but he's gaining a way better exit every time. That's so true. he's always he's always set up for a good exit, and you got to sacrifice time some places to save some time. And and uh, Danny Rick style is he's coming in really hot, braking super late, and then uh, then he's slow to get back on the gas because he has to like manage the car through the turn. You know, you could. You you could be onto something, and I'm sure a lot of other people know that too. Because, I mean, you're right. Like he is, quote unquote, he's been known as the last of the late breakers, and like you said, maybe maybe late breaking is a- actually being a detriment to him. Because you're right, he's he's going into the turn hot, he's getting there first, and then he late breaks, has to negotiate the turn, but then obviously for whatever reason, just doesn't get a smooth good exit. And he's already off the back foot. So yeah, yep. no, you're you're right. It it could actually be detrimental to him. But I, I don't know, man. He was the whole weekend he was only three tenths off. Yeah, no, he he's he's always pretty much only three tenths off, but I mean I think that's where he's losing the time is the breaking situation. like I mean, that being said, like I feel like there's definitely a time and a place where the late breaking pays off. Like if you're going wheel to wheel against someone into a corner, like if you can outbreak them, you're going to get that advantage getting into the corner. So, like, I think there's definitely scenarios where that pays off, but just, just not purely, this track. Like, yeah. If you're, I mean, if you're just on an open open space, like, why are you breaking so late when you can just take it a little bit easier and then get a good push out? Like, especially for myself, that's one thing I was learning uh, from doing the rally racing is you only get so much grip. You only get 100% grip, and if you're using all your grip on braking, you can't turn. Yeah, no, you're 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 right. If you're if you're using all your grip on braking, you can't get a you can't get a clean exit. And like you said, depending on the track, depending on the situation, depending on even the car you're driving, it the the exit might be worth more, or the braking into it might be worth more. And I think yep. with all his scenarios now, I think you're absolutely right. I think that is a totally fair analysis of. He's losing all of his time because he's late breaking, which in turn is making him feel like he's keeping up. But we see it. He keeps up, he keeps up, he keeps up the turn. And then he, oh, I don't think he's this whole year hasn't won an exit on someone coming out of a coming out of passing. So you're right. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's just my uh, armchair and semi, semi-amateur uh, analysis of <laughs> of uh their driving style so yeah take it with your grain of salt Danny well Rick's i mean boy. let's just let's move on into the the meat and potatoes of the race uh it was supposed to be a one-stop strategy for most teams today but uh-huh. you know we see a collection of power unit failures shout out vettel and alonzo we see you know the strategy was supposed to be uh mediums to softs but we didn't see that happen at all. And we saw some people making three stops. We saw some people using two pairs of softs. We saw some hard tires on there for whatever reason. We saw like, I I don't know, man. One, I am just going to go ahead and just start the conversation of Aston Martin needs a full rebuild. I don't, uh, they have, they've Mm. been having this imposter syndrome for the past three years of how their team's supposed to be. And it's, it, I don't know, man. It, it's uh, it, it, it's very confusing to watch. 
it's the them and Alfa Romeo right now are are like this weird back and forth of sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. It, it, and even good is like fifty percent of what the rest of the grid is. And it's like I don't I don't really know where they go from here. They're losing Vettel. They're gaining Alonso, which both of them DN- you're trading a DNF for a DNF today. Uh, which I mean, obviously I mean, Alonso's DNF isn't on him, but what was what was uh, Vettel's DNF? Was it a power? They're both yeah. They're they're uh, both Vettel so and Alonso today had power unit issues. This track is super intense for the power units, and I think that's why you saw a lot of people take the grid penalty to get a fresh unit in there. Because you see, like there's there was three power unit failures, maybe four. I don't know what what was uh uh Stroll's issue, but you know Danny Rick had a power unit failure at the end of the race. Yeah. He did he didn't take a penalty, so. So, yeah, dude, he can't yeah. he can't afford a penalty. A penalty makes him look <laughs> even worse than he does now. That and the team yeah. is just gonna use like, oh, he got a grid penalty. He's gonna finish P eighteen because we can't keep up. And then now that loom, looms over his head for whatever reason. So, he, but, dude, he, I think he's in a lose yeah. lose right now. I think you're right on Aston Martin, but man, that's got to be weird for Alonso to see. I want to race for wins and then go into a team that's in a full rebuild situation. What's D- up that's, with that? it's, it's, it makes you scratch your head of, does he want to win or does he want to stay in F1 for the pure of the racing? Obviously I'm, that's a rhetorical question. I'm not saying Fernando Alonso wants to win. The dude wants to win more than probably anybody on the grid. He's got stuff to prove as a 40 year old. He's been around this forever. He left in, in 2018, took a sabbatical, came, came back in, uh, in 2021. Like it, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things like he, he wants to race, but I can't sit here and argue with him that, you know, he wants to go to a team that at least wants him. Uh, uh, unfortunately, yeah. the only team that wants him and wants to double down on a three-year deal for him is in a rebuilding stage. And I actually think now that's why they doubled down and gave him a three-year deal. They want some form of consistency during the mm. rebuild. Yeah. So it's like if they can't win with him, they might as well use him for the three years to actually make their car a champion car. Because if you haven't noticed, if you didn't notice, when Fernando Alonso left McLaren in 2018, McLaren started their uprise of, oh shit, 2019 was a better year than 2018. 2020 was the best year that they've had, period, in the last decade. 2021 yeah they had a battle for p3 and they lost it to ferrari but that was a great battle and might have been their best car they created and they had a one-two in monza like we saw this weekend so they had a great they had great 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 success and it's just like i i think fernando alonso now in his career is a very good strategic stepping stone of consistency and teams want him for that veteran leadership in their team. So like I, I, and you know, who can argue a three year deal with one year opt outs and you can do basically whatever you want. That's like a dream contract (laughs) in F1. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think Alonso's got a good good situation for himself. I think I think it makes a lot of sense the Aston Martin move now that you're putting it uh painting the bigger picture. So I mean and who knows, maybe even like, you know, it's new regs, it's only the first first year of the new regulation. So maybe getting Alonso in now they'll be able to really make a nine day difference for next year. So who knows? How much you want to bet on uh, upon release of next year's cars, how much you want to bet it looks exactly like either the Red Bull or Mercedes? I mean, it should. <laughs> yeah, it, it should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're definitely on that copy past and, you know. Oh, no, dude. You did not just do that. You I, had did. Back, I had to bring it back. I know in our notes I even said crashed in Martin and I felt I felt good saying it again. Yeah, we we see, so we're seeing some crash Martin, a little copy passing Martin. So we got all of that. Uh, but yeah, mid mid race, I tune in uh, and I see Verstappen leading it, and then um, Leclerc and Signs behind on soft tires. Oh, uh, George Russell was in second when I turned it on. So it was it was uh, Verstappen, George, then Leclerc, and then Carlos. And it looked like Carlos was struggling on the softs. Or no, they're on mediums. They're on mediums. And Carlos is like, please, can you give me the softs Ferrari? They're like, not yet, buddy. What do? And I have to say, Ferrari actually kind of nailed it this weekend on the on the uh, tire strats, I thought. It, I mean, uh, about time. Th- this should be the standard, Chris. We're giving them props for this, but this, sh- this should be the standard. It should be a standard, but it, it, it's good to see they they came out to their home race and actually were competitive and and that's uh, why it's a shame it ended in a safety car because we said it in the middle of the race, bro. Ferrari actually is having a decent weekend this weekend. Yeah, they I mean they had Carlos go from eighteen to to uh, P four fifth to P four, yeah, P four and. Uh, and like it, he was, he was sad. He was like, "Man, I'm gonna start so far behind. It's gonna be difficult. I just want to put on a good showcase." And he did. He he excelled. And then uh, Ferrari got that that cheap pit stop under that safety car. But I don't know if that really paid out in the end because then they had to do. Yeah. They were uh, they were on their second their second set of tires. Max pit stops. He comes out ten seconds behind Leclerc, and then he's just freaking cutting that time down. Like uh, in three laps, he gained a second or something like that. So he was yeah. just like, he was just blistering fast. And then uh, they're like, okay, we're going to have to pit. We're on plan C, plan C. That's their favorite plan. They should no, just make that their A plan every, every weekend. I'm saying. And then, <laughs> and then uh, uh, they put Leclerc in and then he comes out like 20 seconds behind Max. And I'm like, oh man, it's, it's over. Like I'm trying to hold out some hope, but like, there was no way he was he was catching him. He was saving like a tenth or three tenths maybe on on a lap. So like he was he was pretty far behind. He he got to like seventeen seconds behind. And then he saw the the Danny Rick Danny Rick uh, power unit failure to the safety car. And I'm like okay safety car. They both pit. I'm like okay they're both on fresh softs. Uh, they got the safety car. Maybe they'll clear it and we'll get a good little battle for the last lap. But uh, no, we just end on the safety car. No, we end on the safety car and you gotta think. You gotta think. What would Michael Massey do? WMMD. What would (laughs) Michael Massey do? Because I'm not gonna lie, bro. Watching Monza 
the temple of speed, the freaking, like, bro, you go in a straight line 90% of the track. The fact that we possibly could have seen a shootout between Leclerc and Verstappen at oh, Monza yeah. with the machinery they are in, and it ends on a freaking safety car. Because, yes, I understand, Danny Rick, the power unit failure isn't your fault. It's not the same as Latifi just running it into the wall for the last lap <laughs> of the race. So it's, it, it, it is the same, same, but different. But it, it, it is different. So I get that. But the fact that it happened on lap 48, and then it took God knows how long to get the damn cherry picker out there to get his car off the most like inconvenient spot of the freaking track. And then we're bro. The safety car ended and came in as they're crossing the finish line. It was the weakest thing ever, bro. Like it was so weak. Should I point out the fact that this race ended under a safety car and other races didn't? I mean, can we point out the glaringly obvious FIA, please? Please. Yeah, like, like it go, was, it was dude, weird. Break, break down a couple of scenarios on how this could have ended because I have uh, my theory and we, so we've seen a couple theories. We kind of went out and, and uh, we thought of some different ways we could change the rules. And we said one of them would be to like add extra laps at the end. And then I kind of tweeted it. I thought it was kind of interesting. And some people were like, no, nah, you can't do that because of the fuel. And I was like, shit. Yeah, I didn't consider that. No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. And I saw that You're tweet right. too. And I was like, yeah, no, that makes total sense. I think the only yeah. thing is the red flag. Yeah, just red flag the Like if, if there's three laps left in the race, bro, just put them in and just like, let's let them race. Like if that's what you want. I thought it was a motor race. We're going <laughs> racing. But... Yeah. In the Temple of Speed, but uh, we can have the slowest finish they ever had there, which is under a safety car. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Very, that's very good. Too. Yeah. Follow the, the rules. I like it. I at least respect that they're, they're you know sticking so strictly to the rules this season. No, I like I like that. And you know what? Hey, it, it, if competitive integrity is at the top of the priority, and we had to finish under a safety car, I can deal with it. But you're not going to hear the end of me of saying how whack as hell and weak as hell finishing Monza is under a safety car. Like, I think it's the most, it's the dumbest, especially after Monza has delivered so well in racing the past two years. Like, in 2019, we saw Leclerc. In 2020, we saw freaking Pierre Gasly. In 2021, we saw the McLaren one, too. And in 2022, we see a freaking safety car like finish like it's it's so underwhelming it's so underwhelming it's yeah. like i will it, say uh some people were replying to our tweet saying like oh yeah if you did that then you might have some teams that purposely uh will crash so that their their number one driver can get a good finish i don't think any team's gonna do that like i think that's a little silly like, well, like oh one, yeah it'll be crash gate i mean no. I, I no. can see the angle. It, no, no. Did the finger, the Benito finger wag? No. <laughs> why, why would they? Why would they? A risk damaging their car. To sacrifice another points finish for one of their drivers, just to get a safety. I don't know. Like, Chris, there, it's many two... things. It's it's why would they damage the car that cost the team? Why? Why would they cost the team points by being slow or this, that, and the other, giving it to or doubling down on just one driver? F1's a team sport. You win championships by both your drivers getting points. So it's like, and how many other places on the grid 
can you actually bro in every sport there's always a loophole to cheat and with with oh yeah they may want to do this you know how glaringly obvious it would you do that realize, would be. Yeah. bro like you can take a sample size of five say it happened in five races do you know how glaringly obvious the data would show of oh damn our frequency of crashes happens within the last 15 laps like it, it's like what i wonder why that is i wonder why we we see you know this guy running wide on lap you know 48 out of 53 like we saw today or we see this guy you know oh there there's a something's broken on my differential i feel it it feels different or whatever whatever bullshit like do you realize how glaringly obvious it would be if someone was doing that so i i can discredit that right off for it because there's so many ways to cheese an f1 and like i i don't think that would be an issue in my opinion yeah i don't agree with that one either but i mean i think that the fuel the fuel load of the car like that that that's valid reason that, to that's get valid that, yeah that rule that we kind of created our own little fantasy rule but yeah i think uh it would make sense for if if it's under safety car for the like the last three laps just red flag it and let's get a let's get a restart like would be would be cool and maybe yeah. not even a full restart like have them do a rolling restart but like at least just put them in the pit so we can maintain those last two laps or whatever that's what i'm, that's what I'm saying like that it, and then then you don't have to worry about clearing the back markers you could have everyone go in the pits and just queue up normal you know that's what i'm saying it's like it, it's i don't know man like like i said if i wanted to watch the world burn what would michael massey do but i i do i do understand that hey it's competitive integrity yes it sucks that you know we finish under a safety car but unfortunately it probably is the most black and white answer that you could give to this race so i can't fault him for that but the inner racer and you know spectator and entertainment value i want a motor race man give me a motor race i'm not i'm not finishing race bro imagine if abu dot like listen it could have been handled it could have been handled better you're 100 percent right everyone's right under the sun michael massey could have handled that better but imagine Abu Dhabi finishing under a safety car last year, even if oh, it was, God. even if it was Lewis Hamilton's eighth championship. Like, and then his championship would have an asterisk. He won under a safety yeah. car. He, he he would be, oh, well, you only run because you got bailed out for goat teethy and you probably sit him, slid him a bunch of the freaking prize winnings because he's like, hey, man, sweet. Thanks. Appreciate you doing that. We finished under your safety car. Here's a, here's a nice little three, four mil. Here, like, yeah, there, there, there was no good ending to that yeah that's true you know like everyone wants to give a lot of shit for uh max's asterisk win but but like the same thing would have been said for for lewis if he had if, if i was he about had to say that yeah chris i never thought totally about totally right it it's it there's the stars had to align to for everything to go wrong in the end of that race latifi crashing the lap the lap cars unlapping it happened to happen on the last what four laps of the race it had like every everything had to happen because latifi could have done that at any point in time we know latifi we know look goat tifi he could have done it on lap one or lap 50 he could he could he could have done it whenever <laughs> but it, it it's 
everything had to go right for that or everything had to go wrong for that situation to present itself. But yeah, there was literally no good way because someone was going to find something invalid if Lewis won because they were tied. Now, if they weren't tied, like dead to the decimal point, if they weren't tied by, by the last race, I could see opinions changing. But the fact that in, they entered the last race with a completely clean slate, Dead like even. it was race one, like it was the race, the first race of the year, it's like there there was absolutely no good way for that to finish. If Lewis won, everybody was going to give a reason. If Max won, obviously we saw Max won, everybody gave their two cents. So it's like, what do you, that's what I'm saying. What would Michael Massey do? And I, I swear to God, we should have phoned him for Monza today. <laughs> they should have honestly they should have got him on on a freaking charter flight over there asap because they needed his assistance but yeah i mean that they should they should make the michael massey rule which is last five laps of the race safety car just red flag it and then you can have them come out under a safety car let them get their tires all warmed up again so it's like they never left and then just everyone gets free pit stop and then just duke it out yeah, no, I mean, like, it, it's just, it's one of those things. And I actually think that could, that it could be a viable rule. And it takes, it takes events like this and events like last year for people to even like start considering of, oh, wow, maybe, maybe we should do something about this. Maybe we should have a little stipulation. Maybe we should have a, if it happens that far late in, in the championship and that far late in the Grand Prix. Uh, we should have some sort of rule that makes it somewhat of maybe not more fair because it is fair. Like today it was fair. They didn't change. Yeah. They didn't give anyone an an advantage. They didn't give anyone a disadvantage. It was just lame. But if they can keep the integrity of no one gets an advantage or disadvantage, but also gives everyone across the board a chance to actually race out the final three to five laps, I, I think we could find a happy medium medium of a rule set that could accommodate that. I think so too. I think, I think we kind of just nailed it. Honestly, I think hire us FIA. We got, we got this Please. lock. We got this Please. on the lockup. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, speaking of lockup podcasts and lockups, there was quite a bit of lockups going into the pits today. So I'm impressed that no one got a speeding penalty. Yeah, they're freaking. I mean, with Monza men, with everything being straight, you just have to haul ass into that pit limiter line and just <laughs> slam on the brakes and put your little pit limiter button on. But yeah. no, I mean, I I saw a shit ton of those today. That I'm I'm actually thoroughly surprised that a Ferrari didn't get a freaking five second penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Hey, okay, <laughs> you you watch it, bud. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that was really the race. It was uh pretty cut and dry like there was some good action fast track um lots of dnfs for power unit failures and uh then we had a safety car finish so it Nick was freeze very very worthy oh, of the driver yeah. driver of the day i voted him driver of the day i was like man dude he got 24 really percent of the vote he was <laughs> killing it man he was doing amazing no he he was doing wonderful like literally uh, I think Max definitely deserved to be in the driver of the day talk. And then I think Carlos signs. I think Carlos and, and Lewis deserve to be a Lewis. talk too. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was quite a bit of good drivers out there. A lot of good drives this weekend. But yeah, I just uh, think with the, the stipulations and 
the scenario DeFries found himself in with literally of, hey, bro, uh, your reserve, which is funny when you look at his Instagram, one weekend he's with Mercedes, one weekend he's with Aston Martin, and now he was racing with Williams this weekend. <laughs> he's he's doing he's his free doing trials. His rounds. <laughs> he's doing his rounds, man, checking out everyone, but seeing what he likes. It is crazy for you to get called up immediately into qualifying and then racing the next day on Monza it's like it's it's a lot it was a lot to handle and he handled it beautifully very yeah. deserving so, of the driver of the day I hope I hope we see him on the F1 grid next year I'm still interested to see what's up with Mick Schumacher I think it's honestly a little silly that Magnuson got a contract before Mick did because Magnuson is not performing right now he looked like his dad out there man I don't know like you said man you said it in the freaking race watching Magnuson why why is Magnuson the one with the surefire locked up contract yeah it's goofy and then same with Joe like Joe just got points again today finished ahead of Botas like why is he not in the contract well yeah that that's expected to be announced soon but I mean why why has it been in limbo for so long why has it been this weird oh we we need to see we need to bro I, I one I don't think you can fairly give him a fair shake on anything this year because your car sucks it when it finishes he gives you results when it doesn't y'all y'all are either double DNFing. Do? yeah yeah it's like dude what, what what can he do? He's working with what he has right now, and I thought he was doing he's working good, dude. He was doing exceptionally well with what he had. Yeah, yeah. So I, know, I think that's silly. I need I need to see those guys locked in. If it's not DeVries at Williams, I hope it's uh, Mick Schumacher. I'm I'm hoping to see him yeah. get that Lewis D when Lewis retires. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I know Alpine has like a ten percent interest in DeVries, but. I don't know, man. Alpine needs to get their orders in check because oh, apparently now they need to get a driver, dude. Apparently now Gasly is kind of up in the air. That's fizzling out. The, Col- the Colton Herta thing is fizzling out. I don't know, you know, Dan- Danny. I haven't heard shit about Danny Rick this week. I had like uh, it. I don't know, man. Al- Alpine is struggling to find that second driver. Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a weird situation over there. We got Midcon uh, finishing. What is it? P11 finished today? Literally, P12. bro. It, it's Just probably like the said. most accurate take I've ever had in F1 history. Ocon is a surefire 8 to 12. Surefire 8 to 12. I mean, uh, dude, McLaren was looking like they would finish really strong with two points finishes today and really jump the Alpines with the DNF and a no Alpine points. So like they were looking pretty solid for that in the, in the constructors. And then, and then Danny's car fails. Yeah. So. Then Danny's cars fails, but notice how his car failed while he was on hard. It's completely opposite strategy of Lando. Yeah. Like, bro. Always, always it, on another strategy. There are in, they are two different worlds in that garage right now. You you yep. could divide that garage in half, and each side will have their own way of thinking. It's it's honestly like I almost want Daniel Ricardo out of that situation because it's so bad. Like, yeah, I'm excited to see where he goes. I just hope he gets a seat, man. Yeah, he's, he's another driver. It's like, why is he not signed yet? I don't Where's care. I mean, go? thank God Lewis Lewis spoke up for him in the press conference of, uh, hey, do you what? Lewis, did you? How do you feel about uh, 
Mercedes opening its doors and, you know, Daniel Ricardo potentially being a reserve driver for Mercedes. And Lewis immediately answered the question, well, said, well, I think he should be racing first and foremost. You know, I think he's far too talented to be our reserve driver. Our reserve, he yeah. needs to be on the grid. And Ricardo gave him a, a little respect nod. And I'm, I'm glad he came out and said that because it, it's true. I don't care where he goes, man, but he is way too talented and way too deserving to, to not be on that grid right now. Hey, all I know is whatever team gets him next year is getting a freaking insane deal because he's going to be on a revenge arc. Dude, he's going to be as hungry as ever. He's going to be as motivated as ever. He's going to have a Daniel Ricardo with a clean slate is powerful. Yeah, like, that's that's scary, man. You saw what happened in McLaren. He got that. He got a win in Monza, baby. Their first win in a decade, but literally, yeah. But it, you know, doesn't doesn't amount to shit apparently. Hey, <laughs> y'all must have forgot. Y'all must have forgot. But he's hey, never was... left. <laughs> he's never left, man. Hey, well, th- this is episode thirty-six, Monza GP recap. We got two-week break because yeah, we got GP Singapore. Yeah. yeah, two weeks off, and then Singapore. So. Uh, you catch us doing some other content. I'm going to be in Houston whooping Tyler's ass on the on the go kart track. So uh, stay tuned for that. We're going to I might vlog a little bit of that too. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm bringing the GoPro, so we're gonna have to get that race documented. And uh, let's get it. Yeah, we're gonna have a sh- shootout out there. Oh yeah, man. But yeah, like Chris said, uh, episode 36. We got Singapore next round. Six more races left of this of this uh, championship, and you know you might as well give it to Verstappen already. I'm surprised they haven't even announced anything on it, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys after the two week break. Make sure to follow, like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube. Uh, hit up our Twitter at tlupf1. Hit up our Instagram at tlup.f1. We may or may not have another special guest this coming week for our little break episode. So keep an eye on that and, uh, you know, keep showing the love, man. We'll uh, keep being active and keep putting our best foot forward. And we just appreciate all the likes, comments, and shares we've got so far. But, yeah, that'll be it from us. And we hope you all have a good rest of the weekend.